Hello everyone, welcome to a new episode of the Failed Podcast. In this podcast, I delve into everything failing or not doing something because of fearing to fail. So instead, you end up sitting in your sofa, scrolling your phone, which is exactly what I've done too many times. So I decided to challenge myself and make a podcast about it. Because we all need to look our fears in the eye, and I am glaring at this microphone. Today, I've got Caroline Jones with me. She's both part of a monthly book club and a monthly world food cooking challenge. So to me, it seems like she's living a pretty full-on successful life. So let's see what kind of failures have led her to this successful point. Hello, Caroline. Hi, Stina. How are you? I'm excellent. The sun is literally just come through the clouds. So I think that's literally just like a like a sign for good things to come. Because it has been quite dreary, hasn't it? I know. It's it's so nice to see the sun today. I think the last couple of days with the the rain being so intermittent and not knowing when it's the best time to go out or whatever and yeah, I got stuck in the rain literally. a little bit yesterday. I didn't know. <laughs> Me too. Yeah, it was it was literally the second I was going to go out. And then, nope, the rain just... And it wasn't just a little bit. It was, you know, full on. Um, I guess every time we start this podcast, I feel like the only thing we talk about is the weather. But I think that's just like, <laughs> it's just what it is. I was going to say it's a British thing, but I think actually it is a universal... Maybe it's, it's a yeah. thing... In- like with countries that have very changeable weather, like if you go to California and go and talk about the weather, I don't think, no, I don't think anybody would talk about the weather in California or like Los Angeles because it's just, you know, it's just sun all the day, all the, all the day, all day. Isn't that, or is that a... Um... Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I mean, I'm, I'm from Melbourne and Melbourne mm. has really strange weather. So you sort of, you leave the house with an umbrella, uh, some sunscreen, uh, some some thongs or flip flops, whatever you call them in the UK, <laughs> a jumper and you just and a sun hat or something because you just don't know what's going to happen. So you just you're prepared for everything because you know you're gonna you're gonna need that jumper. You know that it's going to rain at some point, and also you're gonna get you're gonna get burnt. You're gonna get sunburned. So basically, you are from Melbourne. Where are you now? I am actually in Richmond in London. So I moved across to London uh, about two and a half years ago, uh, moved to Suffolk, which I, which I loved. So sort of in the middle of everything and going into the theatre, lots of uh, comedy and stuff to see and lots of places to visit. And it was just such a great place. And uh, I think we decided to move a little further out with working from home after, you know, everybody knows the story about what happens in lockdown um, and just needing more space because we were in a one bedroom flat with the two of us working from home. It was, there wasn't much, much space. So it's, it's really nice to be out in Richmond, lots of green and stuff. So why did you decide to move to um, the UK? Uh, My husband is from the UK. So he's, uh, we, we met in Melbourne uh, and we've sort of been back and forth. So it's sort of time to spend um, well, time with his his family and also for work as well. So uh, that sort of, it all sort of happened at the same time, I guess. Um, but yeah, I think just because we spent 
the last few years in Melbourne and we decided to come across to the UK for, for a few years and, and see what happens. So we sort of are back and forth. And even when we are living in one spot, we it's we're maybe every six months we'll go to the other place. So it's for me it's quite unusual not to be in Melbourne for almost two years because even wherever I've lived in the in the world, I've always popped back every six months because that's just um, just what I did. So yeah, so it's been a bit of a time since since I've been back to Melbourne. So hopefully see what happens. That's the plan, isn't it? To hope and hope and hope and just wait and see. Yeah. So what do you do in uh, Richmond then? Or as in, what's your job? I'm a software engineer, software developer. I, um, I work on web applications and mobile applications. And um, yeah, I quite, quite enjoy it. I like, um, I love learning new programs. I love just learning new things. And I think for me, from a, on a day-to-day basis, I'm constantly like fiddling with stuff and trying to get things to work. And there is a lot of room for failure, but good failure, very um, contained failure, if you like. So, so you build like apps and stuff or like software? Yeah, on online applications. So well, like uh, tools and um users to uh, to make sure they can access particular particular things and depending on what the project is because some of the projects might be interrelated to other applications that we've already built or they might be standalone applications um, there'll be some some working with existing code and existing builds or it might be starting something slightly from scratch but sort of learning um, from what you've done previously as well it sounds uh technical <laughs> and what's your um what's your dream well i think i'm quite quite lucky with the fact that what i what i do for a living i can be quite flexible and be mobile as well because uh, you can work remotely quite easily and you connect you you do end up working with people from across the other side of the world or whatever, because that's just the nature of, of how, how it works and just the, the, the way, I guess, the, the world is now. Um, so I'm lucky in, in the respect that I can, can sort of move my work wherever I go. But, and I'm excited about le- always learning more, just seeing what else is out there and seeing new technologies come through and different upgrades and um, different applications coming through. I do like travel and adventure, so I'm really looking forward to uh, a trip, hopefully in the, in the near future. And of course, just spending time with family and friends. So if I sort of have that flexibility with the, the the job and, um, and also being able to travel and, just being able to have a lot of laughs with family and friends. I think that's that's pretty good. I also love love writing as well. So I would like to be able to spend a bit more time on that, but I'll I'll get there, I think. So what would be your dream about writing? Would you like to write a book or something or articles? Um, I've been taking a couple of sketch comedy courses with Hoopla. 
this year. So, and I've absolutely loved those. And I think because of doing the the improv as well, uh, just that the comedy as has has been quite a quite a lot of a lot of fun. And I love that experience for the collaboration and learning about the structure of how to, to how to set up your sketches and um, and how to to get ideas and to, to get kind of get get going with ideas and what sort of works and thinking about your audience and, and things like that. So I'd like to pursue that a little bit more. So like write your own show? Well just submit um, sketches and things so <laughs> cool yeah Just see what happens that's great okay so let's move on to uh, failing um well first actually if I could get your general relationship with failing I think I fail a lot but there is, but I fail in different degrees so like little things so small failures and then all slightly larger ones that you sort of have to fix or really seriously learn from um, but I think for me understanding that 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 you failed and why why you failed is really important in the process and just sort of understanding what what has happened to how did it get out of control or you know or how did you get to where you are and the outcome is not what you were expecting I think I do reflect a lot of my failures but then I will move on and just go, okay, well, that's what, that's what it was. Try not to do that at all. Just, or do that better or do this a little bit differently or, or maybe yeah. you need some extra help or something on that particular thing. So just try and learn where, I guess, where you're, where you are failing and, and, and why it's happening. I don't mind failing. So do you, so you don't feel disappointed when you fail? I think of well, of course, you will initially feel disappointed or you'd just be, how did I let that, how did I not know that? Or especially if it's like a gap in your knowledge or if it's something that you should have foreseen, you're like, how did I? Yeah. And then you get quite angry, not not angry, you, you do get disappointed or quite annoyed is probably the better word with yourself for just putting yourself in, in that position and going, okay. But you need to move on from that. Otherwise, you're never going to sleep. <laughs> you're going to be thinking about all these things that you've done in your life that haven't quite worked. But it's important to, to think about what you're learning in the process. Otherwise, we wouldn't do anything, would we? We'd just be sitting at home and we'd be, what would we be doing? Scrolling the phone. It, yeah. We don't. Yeah, you need to give it. You need to give it a go, and and you need you need to put yourself out there and try and just do what you can with what you know, because everybody has different places that they come from, and different levels of understanding of the world, and sometimes you can't foresee things as well. Yeah, exactly. And you you just got to live your life in the end, yeah. Just because otherwise you're gonna look back and be like, well, I didn't even try. Excellent. So now if you could please tell me about a outrageous uh, failure of yours, like something, it might have been funny in the moment, or not, I'm sorry, it might have been embarrassing in the moment or a bit weird in the moment or something, but now it's just like, lol. I arrived a day late to my friend's birthday party 
I was absolutely mortified with with myself because I understood exactly how it happened. Um, but it was just the fact that I'm like, how could I do that to one of my best friends who I know for decades? And it was their their birthday party. So we were all had a had a great morning. It was a Sunday morning. My husband and I were were getting ready. We'd both been to the gym. Everything's good. We've got the party on in the afternoon. Off we go. We drive to to the location of the party and we're like there's nobody in the car park and we got out of the car we were just walking around the building just looking to see if it was opened it was they they'd uh, booked like a hall or a community center for the party and it was going to be lots lots of friends friends I hadn't seen for years some of them and there was going to be lots of music lots of fun and just catching up with everybody so the absolute perfect day or afternoon so where here we are walking around this deserted sort of community center on a Sunday afternoon, dressed up quite nicely. And then I'm like, I'm going to have to, I'll just check the email again. And so I kind of scroll through. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's the 20, it's the 25th. It's Saturday, the 25th. We, we arrived, we, the party had happened and that was it. That was the afternoon before. So I rang my friend and I said, um, we're actually at your birthday party. I do need to apologize that we, I put the wrong date in the calendar. And I, oh, we wondered what happened to you. We thought maybe one of you was sick or something. It is, it is a very unusual thing for, for me not to turn up to something like that, somebody's, um, especially a close friend's party, especially knowing that we discussed it pre, like weeks before and so forth. And I knew all about what was happening. In in the end, they they were just hanging out at their place and they had lots of food from, from the afternoon before. So they said, just come over and we'll just hang out for the afternoon. So we sort of drove around to their place and um, yeah, with my tail between my legs, I'm kind of like, so sorry. It was completely my fault. I think, yeah, we had a lovely afternoon. It was a really nice afternoon, but I was just horrified that I'd completely messed up the, the date of the birthday. But I sort of understand it was quite a busy time that I understand why something like that might've happened. So that wasn't that wasn't very good. And I think the failures where you let, let down friends and family and things like that, for me, they're just, they are quite, they do sort of tug at the heartstrings because you don't want to disappoint your friends and family. But they, and they had an awesome time. They had, a, you know, they, it was it was their party, so they had fun. So in the big scheme of things, while it would have been nice that we were there, it didn't interfere with their birthday party. They still had an awesome time. And they still had fun, and we got to spend the afternoon with them. So, and yeah, getting getting all the leftovers, and um, so you yeah. basically had the party just the more intimate. Uh, you could say it was a VIP party, really. <laughs> yeah, it was a VIP party. So, wow, but but that's just such a classic thing that I assume happened to lots of people. I mean, I, I'm sure I've done similar things where you just you've well I have like written down the wrong dates and then you turn up or you know uh, luck usually you're lucky if it's the day before uh, because mm. then you can still come the day after but when it's actually happened 
Oh, so were you just heartbroken when you found out then when you read that email? Yeah, I was absolutely heartbroken because I had the date right in 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 my mind. The date was right, but it was the actual day of the week that was wrong that I was um, confused, not confused about. I just it just to me it didn't register. Of course, the Sunday was going to be the twenty fifth. That was non negotiable, but the twenty fifth was actually the Saturday in that instance. But also, so when when they said, "Oh, it's going to be the it's going to be the Sunday," and you thought, "Okay, Sunday is a good party day. I'll be there for the Sunday party. That's that's cool." <laughs> so you didn't think that was a bit weird that it was a Sunday? No, I thought that was quite. I thought didn't think that that was strange at all, especially because we caught up quite a bit on Sundays and things like that. And if you're having something in the afternoon, Sunday is sort of more likely the day to do it. I, it just made sense to me that a Sunday just made sense. Oh, yeah. Well, that's sad. I mean, at least you get to to have that VIP party the day. I mean, it was very lucky that they were still home and, you know, that you actually could uh, meet them. So as a result, I am really pedantic about remembering everybody's birthday and so forth. So my calendar, um, particularly because my family mostly are in Australia and with time differences and the mail I have reminders in my calendar for when to send birthday presents for particular people across to Australia just so it gets there in time and yeah I'm very pedantic about making sure that I have the right day and so forth for everybody's birthday (laughs) that's good you learned something from it I, I did yeah. Well, let, let's then move on to the serious failure. Um, something then more serious where you have a personal failure that you've overcome and um, made it into a success in a way. Um, I've been thinking about this, actually. Um, and I think I'm still working on this personal failure, or I've been working on it for, for a while, I guess. And it relates to me being more assertive I think I found that I've failed at times because I haven't been assertive enough or sort of stood up for what's trying to be achieved if you like so as as an example I can give you an example of a time that I lost control of a studio that I was actually um, announcing in uh, many quite a few many quite a few years ago I had a weekly radio show in, in Melbourne and um, I was this particular week I was filling in for the drive time slot and I I had pretty much all my week planned up for my interviews and who I was coming in what I was playing and everything like that and um, when I arrived at the studio because I used to arrive about an hour before I did the show um, somebody from the one of the the team in the, at the station said, oh, I've got somebody who's coming in today or th- th- this band who it'd be great if you interviewed them. And they were friends of hers. So she had their, their latest recording. I hadn't heard of the band. And she said, oh, you should ask them this. You should ask them this. You should ask them that. And I said, okay, that, that's fine. I'm happy to, to interview, um, to, to interview the group. And I'll just, I'll listen to, to their music before my show and just construct my my questions and so forth because um, the 
the show that I was doing, uh, it was specific to playing independent local music. So I played a lot of uh, band, played music for a lot of bands that were, or, or artists that were s- sort of working around, I guess, Melbourne or the Australian scene, and they didn't get a lot of airtime and things like that. So just, um, I've, I was always really keen to to play new artists and people who hadn't had the experience or the exposure. So, so that so that was good. So I spent the first hour. Though I spent the hour before the show just listening to the music, the, the style of music and so forth, which fitted in quite nicely with my the other stuff that I was playing. And so that was fine. I was all prepared, went in, started, started my show, and the show was the show was fine. It got to towards the end of the show and the band turned up. Um, so they all sort of bought into the studio. And there seemed to be a lot of them. There was this, there seemed to be a lot of people just coming into the, into the studio. So I had it, it was always set up. I was ready to play their first track. I was waiting for the last bracket to, last song in the bracket to play. Then I'd introduce them and so forth. But there were all these people in the studio and I hadn't, I worked out that I didn't quite know who who they were, as in who was actually in the band and who was just a friend who just came in. And then somebody came in and put, brought a baby into the studio as well. And that ended, the baby ended up in amongst all of this. So I'm like, okay, this is, this is all good. I, I'll just start the, the interview and go through the, the questions that I had. So I had a couple of them right next to the microphones and so forth. But when I started asking the questions, the answers were coming from the other side of the room. So the, the there's no way the mics, the microphones would have picked up on any of that. And I was like, oh no, I really, I was thinking, I don't even know if these guys are in the band. <laughs> the, the people that I had straight up, that if they are friends or whatever. So I sort of made my way through the rest of the questions and so forth. And at one point the baby started making lots of noises and focus sort of went a bit on the baby with everybody and made it all the way through the interview to the end, said thank you and everything. And I just finished the show and then I just kind of put my head in my hands and went, oh my goodness, what did I just do? I just felt like I'd let down I let down the band because I didn't quite know enough about them. I let down the station because that was a really strange interview and there was a little bit of dead air because you couldn't quite hear what was going on over there. And I thought that the person who whose slot I was filling in for, I probably let them down as well. Also those people who were listening to the show driving home from work in the car, <laughs> that they were they probably would have been, what the, what's going on in there? So I just thought, oh, no, that was, should I be doing this? And and I really had to take a good long look at how I'd handled that particular experience because I think in the past I was always really in control of what was happening in the studio and when I was interviewing people, I controlled how they were coming in and what was going on and 
I just really ref- had to reflect about what and should I be doing this 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 thing and then I realized I think it's it took me a long time to work out that it was to do with the fact that I wasn't being assertive enough and I in some way I kind of relinquished a little bit of control because of the fact that one there were so many people in there that didn't need to be in there and it did impact what I was doing so to cut cut around a little bit I guess it's I think I've learned from that it's okay to to put some controls in and also be flexible because I mean for that for these these young people that were trying to get their first song played on like prime radio time that was their like that was for them that's such a great experience and I'm like, oh my goodness I've just ruined that for, for these guys but I think it's when you have when something like that happens you just really need to sort of work out what it was that you should have done or you could have I don't know when things are a little when things are slightly out of your control how you pull it back in yeah oh well to I suppose to backtrack a little bit to how in the moment when you 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 asked well you reflected back being like is this is this for me like am I made for this not made but like Mm. cut out cut out for this yeah and because you you think well, I failed this. I literally failed every <laughs> every <laughs> single department uh, and people. But then it's just one fail, you know? It's not like mm. that happened, I assume, every day you went in and did anything uh, in that studio. Um, so did you, how long did it then take you to be like, you know what, it's, that's, I feel uh, bad, but we're going to move on? I think, because I, I still had my show to do that week and I think I did that the that evening as well so I think that for me that helped me move forward if you if you know what I mean because I I had control of my environment at that point and I'm like I thought about that and that, that was just unfortunate <laughs> and to an extent I don't know how prepared I could have been for that because I just didn't have that that knowledge that I really wanted to before starting the interview, particularly not quite knowing who was who in the room, which is very important because that had never happened to me before. Stream of people come in. So it was just odd circumstances that I had to think that, well, I take ownership of this failure and I know that it's my failure. It's also a failure because of something that I was that was beyond my control in a way just but also wouldn't it's it's so say there's like four or five band members in this band Mm. why wouldn't they they knew they were being interviewed right so why didn't they move to the microphones why did they stand in the back or like spread across there's a baby in the front like who put that baby in the front (laughs) (laughs) that was yeah but for them, they don't. They didn't know. They didn't know. So they, this is this was a new experience, a completely new experience for them. So I should have been the one to look after them. That was my responsibility. But I didn't do that enough. I think for me, that was I should have 
gone for the proper introductions and as, as opposed to trying to work out who was within the band because I sort of assumed that they would, the band would actually sit closer to the microphones, but they didn't know. They didn't know any of that. And it's, I couldn't have expected them to know that. So the into, it's basically, I think you said this, that it started with uh, the song finishing up and then you didn't say hello anything off air. It just went straight to the interview. Yeah, because I, I would have back announced what I just played. So there probably would have been a couple of other tracks before that and then back announced their, uh, their song and then introduced them as a band, described the kind of music and a bit of background and so forth that I had managed to get together in that bit of time before the show and then introduced them as as the band. But I just, the t- I think the timing of it, because I didn't, I usually would have that time to introduce myself to everybody properly rather than just going straight into the interview like that. And that's something else that I sort of always kept in mind. <laughs> just make sure you've got, that, that you, t- that you, I guess time, we were getting towards the end of the show. So I had limited time to do that. But yeah, reflection, how important that is. How did you feel throughout the interview? Were you very like, were you uncomfortable or were you like, okay, this is how it's going to be. Let's just crack on. That's how I started the last bit. (laughs) This is how it's going to be. Let's crack on and see if I can move people close to the microphone. But I was also really worried about the baby because I did not know what that was going to (laughs) do. I just didn't know what was going to happen what was going to happen with with that because I had never been in that experience having somebody bringing in kids into and into the studio yeah I just think that I could have I didn't know I think I learned an awful lot about from that experience and I'm sort of glad that it I don't know it could have been much worse you know it's one of those things that it could have been re- really bad it could there could have been no sense whatsoever at least we got something but there it was just really scatty and it was yeah it, it wasn't very good but it was I'm hoping that they're they're still playing and recording and um and you know and doing really well this this band I'm sure I'm sure they would they their music was really good but I don't know. They probably learned so much from the experience as well. Yeah. yeah. So what about your, um, I'm not sure what they call like studio manager, the one running the the show or the, not even the show, like the, the radio. Did they talk to you about it or like what happened? No. Well, then it's not a big failure. Yeah, no, it wasn't. I don't think anybody else in the station really, I didn't really speak to anybody else about that. I had one, one of my, my, my mate who I was actually going to interview in a couple of days um I think he was calling because he was he was dropping off something that he just um that the band had, their band had just recorded and he's like oh what happened in the studio the other day I'm like, oh so you noticed <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but I'd I'd interviewed his band a year or so ago and so he's had the experience in the studio with me so he he knew that that was unusual yeah I mean I I think because it's also not 
I think if someone was, as you said, like uh, listening in the car driving home, it's one of those things where you're just like, what the fuck is going on? What is going on in this studio? Uh, and you just, you just, you just think it's funny because it's like this is because when when people fuck up it's usually yeah. funny because it just doesn't happen and it's it's funny to be like oh I was there for that or like I listened to it live when they <laughs> fucked up massively Woo-hoo. Um, or there was a baby screaming in the middle of the show <laughs> <laughs> it's just funny it's but I can imagine it's, yeah. it's tough on you in the moment I would have been so uncomfortable yeah well, I've got the recording of the show somewhere in storage in um, in Melbourne somewhere. I think one day I'm going to have to confront it and I'm going to have to listen to it and just work out, was it what I thought it was? Yeah, it could have been really good. I mean, especially if nobody really, only that friend of yours knew about it. Like if it wasn't a topic of the station, I mm. think you're fine. It's probably really good. <laughs> it's probably worse that's happened. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's always worse. That's what, yeah. <laughs> wow. What an experience. Well, it seems like you really learned then to to take a bit more control, as you say. Like, it's, it was there a moment after you were like, okay, I learned from this. Now I'm going to do this differently. Do you have like a specific example of something like an experience that you managed to use your knowledge? I think, I think whenever I'm in a similar situation, um, and I know that this, whatever is about to, to happen, if, if I don't be more assertive or um, then this, I know that this is going to fail. How much, I, I don't know. And I think, and I'm sort of, because I don't, I don't like confrontation or anything like that. Like that, that's just not in my nature, and I'm happy to go along with with things. Um, but sometimes you need to just say, "Hang on, if we do what you're about to say, then we're gonna have to accept the fact that this is gonna happen." So that I'm always aware of when I get myself into that situation, because I know where I am. <laughs> I know I either need to push this a little more or go. I'll accept that we're going to fail slightly on this so that because I'm not in the mood to, to go up against you. I don't know. Cause I can yeah. think of other situations where that has happened and I've just sort of let it go. And I'm like, oh, I know where this is going to go, but, but I, then that's part of collaborating and working with people and just with everybody coming from different, perspectives and having ideas um that they think are really good that are really good too you just got to learn to kind of compromise a little bit and work out which fails you're willing Mm -hmm. to kind of you know know that they're about to happen or they're close to and try and mitigate some of the the risk maybe and I'm also a very detailed person as well so I tend to put a lot of planning into everything so Going, going off plan, I need to sort of plan a little bit on how we go off plan like that. Just try and, once again, mitigate what's going what's gonna to happen. But I think when you, in that scenario as well, with uh, compromising as well, and okay, if we do that, I know we'll fail a little bit, but it's fine. We can take that fail. Yeah. Uh, it's not the worst fail, and you'll probably learn something exactly. from that fail. you got to find that 
where that balance is, I think. So, yeah, and sometimes that's really tricky and sometimes that's really clear and it's easier to make those decisions as to whether or not you're going to accept that this is going to fail a little bit, but we're going to be, it's going to make what we're doing or our relationship or our, you know, mm. if it's colleagues or whatever, it's going to make that 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 better and we we are going to learn. Yeah, that is so true. That's very wise words. Not thought about that, but of course, it's it's part of collaboration, isn't it? Just you can't do everything your way, can you? Even if you know you're going to fail, like there is a there is a there is a balance there. Mm. Wonderful. Well, let's break it up with some improv then. Woo! So you said you're an improviser. Oh dear, yet another improviser on this show. But it's it's good, like because um, it seems like most improvisers as well don't know, don't actually have like a theatre background, which is very exciting. So, what do you like about improv? I I like the energy. I think, and I like the fact that everybody's in there for to support each other. So that's the whole idea of improv. You. Yeah. Yes, Sandy. But the fact that you can be in an environment where you know that everybody's got your back and you're going to make sure that you've got everybody else's back. And the and if you do fail or if the scene doesn't go the way you want it to or if you misinterpret something or whatever, it's either going to make it funnier or it's just going to be something you learn or you're just going to go oh well that was a scene so I enjoyed it that was good I was going to do like my um my little segment about why we're doing improv but you literally summed up literally 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 everything I said no that's so good uh it's so good so thank you because it just means everything I'm saying is right uh, so thank you for that. We And also we got to change it up a bit and not just have my boring voice saying the same thing uh, for the 19th time. So thank you, Caroline, for giving me that. You're completely right. <laughs> yeah, because it is about it's about teamwork, really, which is really interesting because in so many scenes, it may look like people are arguing, which is a fun scene because it's like, yeah, you are arguing, but there's a specific way to argue. You can't go oh I hate you I hate you I hate you well you can but there's a specific way to do it to make the scene actually move forward to make it interesting and to make it work so it is it is hard to make it to especially arguing I suppose to make that work because it is about teamwork and you should build like one of the things is that you're you should make your scene partner look good or like you should make the scene partner lift them up I suppose and when you when both do that it just works. I, th- I think so as well. It's, it is a balance as well. So that you're sort of giving and, and taking and allowing each other to shine. Well, I think we should start with a warm up. And the first warm up okay. we're going to do is word association. Literally a warm up, nothing fun, just word association. And because you're uh, an improviser as well, we're going to do A to C and not A to B. Okay. If you're ready, you can start. Plane. Clouds. Mobile. The letter D. Ocean. 
Shell. Hair. Organs. Television. Traffic signs. Window. Paint. Dog. Microorganism. Toaster. And we're going to stop on the toaster <laughs> because this goes on. <laughs> oh, you, your brain really does do that thing. You think of the next word and then... Yeah. But I must say, I think you've got some really good A to Cs. I think you you really managed to find something uh, different. <laughs> Wonderful. I think we should move on to alphabet. I'm going to go to can I get A for a suggestion. So the the inspiration is Storm. And uh, yeah, you can start whenever you want on whichever letter you want. And I will try to keep okay. up. Jennifer, the, the storm is coming through very fast. Kid, are you joking? Look, we're going to have to batten down the windows and make sure that the water doesn't come in. Move over then, move over. Let me, let me get to the window and close it. Um, do you have tape? Nice idea. I've got some in my pockets. Okay, thank you. Okay, I'm just going to... I'm just going to tape around. So just close the window and now let's just tape around it to make it all secure. Okay. But put it, put it up, put it all the way up to the top. So make sure you get it from corner to corner. I must, I, I think you said, so I think I said, okay. And then you said, okay, now. I'm sorry. I did say, okay, but I, Said I meant to say that in my head, <laughs> but it came out because I knew I was going for P. So yeah, I think I I stuffed that one out. I was supposed to say that in my head. That was a little softly one. Oh well, well it was a fun. That was sad. It was a good scene. It was a very good uh, potential. I hope we survived. Oh God, can it? Well, the tape, I sh I'm sure it was very secure. I think so. <laughs> yeah. Well, I must say that was good. So I think we're warmed up now. So we're going to move over to the main improv. The main improv is Remember When You. And we're back in the Stein studio. We keep coming back to this amazing studio where I interview old people and talk to them about their lives, which we should all do because old people have lived a good life and good and long life uh, with many interesting lessons to share with us. So today I've got Caroline Jones with me. She is 105. She's gotten really old. Uh, so I'm extremely excited to hear about uh, her wisdom. So Caroline, how are you doing? I'm very good, Steen. I can almost see you from here. There you go. Oh, I'm so glad. Did you bring your glasses? I, I, think, I think these are, oh no, these, yeah, these ones are definitely my glasses. Because I can sure? see four of yeah. you. That's right. Um, I've created, uh, it's the future, you know, so I've created four different people of me. So nobody, well, everyone will be able to see me wherever you stand in the room or wherever you look, I suppose. Amazing, Caroline. Let's just jump right back uh, memory lane. 
and um, bring you back to the time uh, you built the house. Uh, it's amazing. You built the house with your own hands and you, you mashed up the cement, uh, mixed it all to mashed up. You mixed the cement together, you know, started putting it on the walls or like made the walls, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and then suddenly, well, this, the house was done. And then the next day it started raining. And for some reason, it just fell apart. The whole house you'd built for like a year. Do you remember this? <laughs> that was a great memory, Dean. I do remember that. And do you know what I, what I decided after that? That I would always live in a tent. I can put it up whenever I like pull it down and I don't have to worry about all that mud washing away that sounds terrific I think we, we should all try to live in a tent uh, I'm I'm very uh, impressed that you managed to live in a tent for uh, I think it was about 70 years of your life wasn't it it was it yeah. was 70 years but you you know what you get used to it after a while you just You've got your pots and your pans, just the bare essentials, and you just make the most of it. It does get very cold in the wintertime, though. Oh, that reminds me, that reminds me of, because do you remember that time you, um, well, it got really cold and it got really windy, and uh, it got so windy that the tent, sort of the plugs disappeared, and you actually flew I think you flew about five kilometers to northeast um, oh. and landed straight down again. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do remember that. And that's when I started my hot air ballooning enterprise. If it wasn't for that happening, that big failure, I would not be in this great hot air balloon conglomerate company. So happy for you, Caroline. You've, you've, uh, you did well. Just thank the wind, the nature and Mother Earth. I thank the wind every day for that, <laughs> as do my and... passengers. <laughs> so the last memory I want to bring you back to, uh, Caroline, is that time many, many years ago that you went to your friend's birthday, all dolled up, as they said. You got your nice attire on. And uh, you go to the car park. There's no cars there. And you just think, okay, that's a bit strange. Uh, but you kept going in. And then you're like, well, where are the people? Where There's a, supposed to be a massive party here. And you check your emails and it is the wrong day. Do you remember that? I do remember that. Oh, but did we have a great time that afternoon? Eating lots of leftover cake. Lots of leftover chocolates and we talked we talked and talked for hours I think it was a good thing yeah because you 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 actually got the um the birthday uh, girl to yourself so you had all the you could give all the attention to her and she could give all the attention to you so it must have been actually even a better party some would say it was I felt very special Caroline, I'm so happy you shared those little memories with me. Um, thank you for coming to my studio. 
Um, Thank you, Stina. I can only see three of you now. Yeah, I'll turn down the 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 level of Stein as we move closer to the end of studio time. Right now, now it's time for the competition. In this competition, you're going to talk for as long as you can about something without saying make, making, made, any verb clause of the word make, and the word and, and what you are going to be talking about, because again, I am on the stereotypical train, and we've already had fairy bread, so you are going to be talking about Vegemite. (laughs) So... So if you're ready, you can go now in one, two, three. I actually had a discussion with my cousin the other day about Vegemite. For some reason, when I moved house recently, I ended up putting the Vegemite in the fridge. And this just stopped Ooh, the conversation. And, oh, and I ended. And, and this just stopped. Oh, no. <laughs> it's a just for the record the Vegemite is out of the fridge it was I don't know what happened but it is now in the cupboard and exactly where it should be thank you because I was very uh uh, (laughs) sad I didn't get to hear that because it should shouldn't it should be why would it be in the fridge doesn't it even like make it stone hard the consistency doesn't really change that much but for some reason it ended up in the fridge and so did the jams for some reason so they're all out of the fridge now Take control. (laughs) It is, yeah. The cupboards are in order. Well, your timing is 16.90. Okay, so you're basically on seventh place. Out of how many people? Seven. Oh, so out of nine. Out of nine, okay, yeah. Yeah, out of nine. So, but I must say you're the highest of the lowest, if that makes sense. So there's <laughs> there's like three different ranges here. So we've got the people over a minute, then we've got the people around 40 seconds, and then we've got the people between now 12 seconds and 16 seconds. So you're the highest of the lowest. Okay, that sounds good. So um, I've got good company. That's very you do. good. Peter Bruin is just under you. <gasps> oh, sorry, Peter. He... Uh, he should have done better. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> we all should do better. <laughs> we can only try. Exactly. So on that note, what did you think about the improv? Was it fun? I thought it was lots of fun. It was good. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the A to C because that always gets your your brain kind of slightly to the side and upside down again because you're just making those jumps and that's a really fun exercise to to do I did like finding out about my 104 year old self because I think that's important to be able to see what the future holds it is it is now you can start preparing uh, to build that house properly I suppose I think so <laughs> but I'm excited about the hot air ballooning I've got to tell you oh my I want to be the first guest as long as it's safe and you have the wind in your favor so for the concluding question if failing is succeeding because you're learning from it what's your next failure I think in the in the short term I think um just I I know in the intro you mentioned the the dinner challenges that that I do that I'm part of with my with my cousins and partner um 
I really enjoy that challenge and I enjoy finding out about other cuisines and so forth. And sometimes it mostly doesn't go exactly as you think it will go unless you do a, a, a have a have a try of the dish beforehand. But if you're just going in and having a go, it doesn't quite work out exactly and you know which bits you failed on or what you should have done a little bit better, but everybody still ends up enjoying it. We haven't had this since we've been doing the dinner challenges. We have been so impressed with each other as to what we've actually come up with. And even when you think you've just, you've delivered the, the worst dish ever, by the time you serve it, when you serve it up, you're like, actually, this is quite good. Where I thought I'd failed, that didn't matter. And because of all the planning and the, um, the energy and love that goes into it, it just, it, it still works. So I'm looking forward to failing for my next course, the next dish that I'm, that I'm preparing for my, <laughs> my, my buddies. And I know there's so many things that, you, that, that, um, that I'm looking forward to, to trying and, and if I fail, just learning from them. Very positive outlook. <laughs> Uh, and that is the end of the podcast, Caroline. So thank you very much for, for taking part. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. The pleasure has been mine. It's been, it's been great. And it's been good to talk through the failures and things like that. Because I think you, unless you actually talk things through and sort of assess and, and kind of, I don't know, you take a little bit of time away from it and try and explain what happened to somebody else then you do kind of get that that process in your head as to ah yep I understand why it failed and it's okay to laugh about it now or it wasn't that bad and thank you to everyone for listening remember failing is part of life it can lead us down new pathways and usually it teaches us a few things on the way like learning to take control and making sure you know who in the room you are interviewing on live radio. Yours faithfully, the microphone and me. Have fun failing. <laughs>